understand people who know a man who has had this many face-to-face -face visitations and will not invest in buying the teachings that Jesus gave me face-to-face. -face. It don't even make sense. Hello and welcome to another episode of 66 Deep. In this episode we're going to be continuing the conversation with whether the Office of Apostleship is still active today. So without any further ado, let's hop straight back in. Ma'am, uh, Reese, would you like to say anything? Um, I guess, yeah, I've not got a lot to say, but I kind of, uh, I do agree with um, the Pramvia in the sense that um, when they mentioned the 12, they kind of encapsulated that as a 12. Because um, like I mentioned earlier, and it's in 1 Corinthians 15, where it says, um, Paul says, uh, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, uh, which you have received, um, which you received in which you stand by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, um, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered um, for I delivered to you as first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that it was buried, that it was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And he appeared to see first, then to the twelve, and he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some are falling asleep. Uh, some though some have fallen asleep then he appeared to james and then to the apostles last of all as one untimely untimely born he also uh, he appeared to me uh, also appeared to me uh, for i am the least of the apostles and were um least of the apostles and worthy to be called an apostle because i persecute the church of god for by the grace of god i am what i am his grace towards me was not in vain um and it kind of goes on further from this. So like it's a case where you have the twelve, which I understand. I guess even the case in like sort of because I guess you can kind of correct me. They operated within um, uh, sort of Jewish Romans initially, and then you've got Paul, who is not. He doesn't consider himself one of the twelve, but then he's obviously doing a great work in very Gentile areas. So I can understand the the foundation will be from the fact that you've got the 12 and then also the function of it that okay yeah Paul is doing very much the same thing but then he does very functional stuff as well so I guess it's it is a mix of the two but I guess yeah the fact that the, the foundational thing can only well for me anyway I, I kind of think that the foundational bit can only go on for a period but then the, uh, the functional part continues a lot longer than that just because again yeah kind of looking into the foundational bit that you don't do you don't keep redoing the foundational bit of anything you kind of set that in and once that's set you then build on top of that so um that's the only thing i would say okay can i pose two um two thoughts um one of them is um is not something that we've covered but i think it's something that might be worthwhile putting in as a suggestion um, and I and I think um, well the, the first thing I would say is regarding the Apostle Paul um, and um, his humility. The Apostle Paul has demonstrated himself to be a man of great humility, and um, and he only he says if, he says you have forced me because you have challenged my apostleship, you have forced me to boast. Yeah, and then he begins to declare the things that he did. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, which were which were phenomenal, which I would suggest that the things that he did was which he suggested was not one little iota behind anything that the other apostles had done. You know, um, so so the Apostle Paul, um, you know, he's a man of great humility. So he says, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. He's a little bit, he's in the vein of my favorite prophet, John the Baptist. He says, you know, I am not worthy to unloose Jesus' shoes. They say, are you the Christ? No, I'm not. Are, are, are you that prophet? And, and yes, he was, he, he, he was, um, he, he was the, the voice, he, he, you know, he was Elijah, but he says, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. He said, but there is one that is coming after me whose shoe latchet I'm not worthy to unloose, you know, um, 
And John the Baptist was a great man of God. Yet he said, I must decrease, but he must increase. That's the man's humility. The apostle Paul was one of great humility as well. So when he uses the phrase that I'm not worthy to be, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. It's, we use those phrases so frequently as I say, oh, you big me, but I'm, I'm really not worthy. Well, I'm just, that's just my humility. Whatever I did, why you say, why you big me up, I did it. But because of my humility, I said, well, it was nothing. You know, so I think what the Apostle Paul is saying there definitely need to be taken in the same vein. He said, why? And he qualifies why he's saying he's not worthy to be among them. Because I persecuted the church. I did something bad. And he's, he's using that to diminish himself, you know, in the eyes of people. I'm not boasting about, about being an apostle, but I'm telling you, I am an apostle. And this is my work. This is what I did, you know. But I know I'm not really worthy because I did the bad. I persecuted the church. You know, so, so, so that's the apostle Paul. I would say the apostle Paul is definitively, in my view, one of the 12. So let me go back to, um, to Matthias. Now, Matthias was, um, was, I would suggest that there's question mark over Matthias's um, 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 apostleship. And I'm going to tell you why. Because amid the, the apostles, when they gathered, one of the first thing that they did, they thought to themselves, well, one is missing among us. We need to make that number up. So let's let, 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 let's let's um, let's cast lots. Now, sometimes we do things, and God does not, um, in essence, God does not um, correct us and say that was wrong, because you know, um, because God, because you know, um, God, as we've said. And I think Brother Parmby, you said it, God will choose his, his apostle. The apostle, and I think um, um, Reese, you read it. The apostle Paul said, I am, I am one that is born out of season, but I'm still born, but it's out of season. So God's, God sets the parameter as to who an apostle is. You know, the, Peter did read and said, well, okay, we right now, we are in a straight, there's only 12, there's supposed to be 12. We know they're supposed to be 12, so we know those things, but one is missing. So um, now we are, we are the leadership here. We, we, we have a responsibility. We need to find somebody to make, to, to, to make the link complete. So they, they prayed and they said, we're going to cast lot. And, um, and God, they said, give us a just lot. You know, now, we don't know whether God told them to do that but they did it nevertheless. And the verdict that came out of it, the lot fell upon Matthias and they selected him to replace Judas. We have no voice whatsoever to suggest that God approved or disapproved it, you know, but I would say, I would say that was the churches, that was the 12 apostles, that was the 11 apostles um, approach to mending the broken cord, you know, and, um, and, and they approached it in the way that they knew how. They weren't filled with the Holy Ghost as yet. The Holy Ghost had not descended. So they were still using, they were casting lot, a traditional old time thing, which they never, they never done it again when the Holy Spirit come. We don't, they don't need lots anymore. They don't need um, that kind of um, uh, uh, approach anymore. So Can I um, add something in there? Yes, please do. I think that this casting lots might be, um, hearkening back to Urim and Thurim. Yeah. So um, I think maybe they were taking that approach in the sense that like, okay, if we do this, we're, you know, we're kind of, we're hoping that this is inspired by God so that when he's chosen, it's kind of like an Urim and Thurim situation going on there. Yeah. So um, yeah, I would, I would uh, encourage people to go and check out yeah. what Urim and Thurim was. Yes, uh, yes, de definitely. Um, you know, so that was their approach. It's just like sometimes we're waiting for God and we can't wait anymore. We feel we must do something. So we do something. Now, God, sometimes we don't get a reproof to say that that was the wrong decision. But somewhere along the line further down, God will do the thing that he was going to do anyway. You know, because I would not say that they've sinned in doing what they did. They did something that, that in their own strength and in their own wisdom. But at the end of the day, God will do what he was going to do. And I would suggest 
he did Apostle Paul. He brought him in. He renamed him. You know, um, he met him in Damascus. He's a chosen vessel to me. You know, he told Ananias. You know, um, you know, and he's gonna do what 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 I what I you know. It would it would seem to us that the story, the 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 the, um, the acts, the actions, the um, ministry, the journeys, the engagement of the apostles are are um, well documented, and there is not one that surpasses in any way what the apostle Paul has done. The Apostle Paul, uh, going, going back again, Reese, um, and I conclude with this to show the modesty of the Apostle Paul. We know in one of those um, chapters, I'm not quite sure where it is, probably Corinthians, he tells us a story. And he's so modest. He says, I knew a man some 14 years ago. Whether he was in the spirit, I don't know, or, you know, but such a man, he was telling, he was saying, if I'm going to glory, in anybody, it's that man I would glory in because that man was taken up into the third heaven, and he was he, he, he was he was given revelation by God that it's he said he used the term it's unlawful to um to utter those revelation, you know, and um and so he said, if I was gonna glory in any man, that's the man I would glory in. Now, that's a pretty roundabout way for the apostle Paul to say. I am the man, you know, but he's so, um, he's full of humility. He's not going to come and say, let me tell you what I did. No, he says, I'm going to tell you, if I was going to boast in anybody, it's that man whom God caught up into the third heaven, I would boast in if I was going to boast, you know. So, but he, but he, he, gives, he gives that thing the second person. He doesn't make himself the dominant person, but but it's clear that he's talking about himself. But he puts himself in a sub level to say, "I don't want to boast, because what I'm what I've got is not. I didn't achieve it. I did rather I didn't earn it. It was a gift to me, you know. So 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 that's the man's humility. And if you if you if you follow him throughout the, the the New Testament and throughout his writing and his engagement with with the Corinthians and the Ephesians and the Galatians and with with Philemon and the rest of them, you see the man demonstrates his humility throughout, you know. And so he's he, he is a converted man. He's a he's he's a humbled man. He's a man full of humility and love and grace and patience, you know. And um and he does not want to. He, he, he said, look, he says, I, he said, before I became a Christian, I was brilliant. I was the best. I sat at the feet of Gamaliel. But all those things that were gained to me, I count but dung for what I've now got. So, you know, so he says, I want, I'm not going to boast in those things anymore. They're not worth anything you know, compared to what I have. So, so that's the man's humility. So I just thought I'd just share that with you, Risa, say that, you know, the fact that he says, I am not worthy to be called an apostle has nothing to do with the fact whether he's an apostle or not. It has to do with his state of mind, uh, you know, as, as, as concerning what he is, you know, is his humility, you know. I don't want to say, um, I am an apostle, you know. You know, when he, when he, when he uses the term, even Peter uses the term, you know, in their letter as apostles. They're not using it in a boastful way. They just use it as a salutation. Paul, an apostle of Jesus called, um, called by God and not by man. And Peter will say the same thing. You know, they're not using it as a, as a boast, but they're using it as saying, I'm writing, we're writing to you, and we're not writing to you as ordinary people. We're writing to you as definitive messengers, ambassadors, icons if you like of god we're speaking with authority and you need to listen to us Amen. No, no, yeah. i agree with that i think that the only thing i will add on and you can rip me for it but it's just interesting that um like in terms of like the matthias thing and them casting a lot um initially i thought it was by chance but then it was just like, like going through um i think when i mentioned it once unrelatedly ages ago to to you um to uh, Alfred, but when I came across this one passage of scripture, and I've even checked just to see if there was anything tied to it, it's completely separate. It's in Proverbs, Proverbs um, 16, verse 33, where it says, we toss the coin, but it is the Lord who controls its decision. 
it's just like, well, do I do I take that in light of then casting lots? Was it you know Christ is like you know I want Messiah as such and such, or we just leaving it as oh it's a mistake doing such and such. So I just had that in the back of my mind initially when I read it, it's like okay you cast lots for this person, but then you say well okay you got twelve and then you've got Paul. But like, well, but if you know God controls the decision of them casting the lots. Would Matthias yeah. have been one appointed by Christ or something? But that was just a, yeah. something uh, to exercise. And that's, and that's a fair point. Yeah, we cast a lot hoping for something and hoping that God is in it. And outside of, and, and, in, in, and back in the day, in the, the time of the Turim and Urim, you know, um, um, that was what they had, you know, and that's what they, they said, God gave us a just lot. That's what they, that's what they did in those days, you know, and if God is in it, then God would give them a just lot, you know. But what I'm what I'm actually saying here, um, I think the apostles here on the day of Pentecost, if it was on the day of Pentecost that they did it, that they were given, uh, they were trying to resolve and sort out the problem using their best shot, which is all they had because they had not got the Holy Spirit. They were not led by the Holy Spirit at that time. They were they were waiting and hope, waiting for the waiting for the Spirit of God. But 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 then they they prayed and asked God to give them a just life, just like we pray sometimes and say, God, um, um, if you're with me, Lord, I, I'm going to do something. I'm going to visit Brother Paramvir, and I'm going to tell him that the Lord don't love him. <laughs> you know, um, so so Lord, you know, um, you know, if you, you know, if you are with, if, if you're, if you're with, with me, you, you know, um, you did the test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so, and so I said, Lord, I'm going to toss my coin up, Lord. But I'm, I really want to tell Pram, the reason why I want to tell Pramvir, this is not, is, uh, rather, let me, let me change. I'm going to tell Pramvir, Pramvir, you're not pleasing the Lord. Let's say not the Lord don't love you because the Lord loves you. Right. But let's say you're not pleasing the Lord. But, but I want to tell him this, Lord, because, he believes that he's pleasing you, but, and by him believing, that means he's not taking other action, other step, other measures that he probably should be taking to please you. So I, I, I need to tell him, so Lord, but I don't have the bravery and the courage to tell this, this man who is revered and held in high esteem by the church that he's not pleasing the Lord. So Lord, but I feel an that needs to know and nobody in him but you know so lord i want the i want a leeway i want i want authority i want some 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 encouragement from you to do it so lord um, i'm gonna toss my coin if it ends up and ends then i know you are with me and i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go and tell Bramvir. so i toss the coin and the coin ends up on edge and i go and tell brother Bramvir. You're not pleasing the Lord, yeah. And Brother Prambhu might say, "Why? Why am I pleasing?" I say, "Prambhu, you don't come to church in Sunday." Brother Prambhu says, "Well, I can't come to church in Sunday because I live in 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 Middlesbrough <laughs> or wherever, you know." And so that's why I said, "Oh, is that the reason why you, I haven't seen you so long?" You know. So what I'm saying, but God doesn't necessarily. Even though I'm going on the journey, God could have stopped me and said, "Don't go." But God said, sometimes God just said, "Go," you know. It's you know, it's a little bit like um, um, the, the time of Elijah and Elisha. When the Lord took Elijah into heaven, the sons of the prophets put pressure on Elisha and said, let us go and search for him to see if God picked him up and threw him in the mountain somewhere. You know, because, you know and Elisha, Elisha, who knew that God hadn't done that, said, don't go. And they pressed him and pressed him and pressed him. He said, don't go. And they pressed him until he was embarrassed. And he says, all right, go. And they went and they searched and they said, we didn't find him. He said, well, did I not tell you not to go? But you pressed me. And I just say, okay, please yourself go. So I, I think, you know, God can, God can allow us to do certain things that not necessarily, they're not sin. They, I don't think they sin. They had a little bit of a lack of faith in the fact that Elijah told them, no, don't go. They should have listened to him because he was their leader. He was the man of God. He was, he was, he was the, he was the, the new Elijah, if you like, you know. Um, but then they, they, they didn't have faith in him at the time, and he said, "Don't go." I bet if it was Elijah who said, 
to them, don't go, they would not have gone because they they revered Elijah Elijah at that you know that much. But now Elijah was just Elisha was just a new guy and, and he he needed to prove himself a little bit more that he was definitely the new Elijah. You know, so so um so what I'm saying um is that God allows us to do things, not always because it is um it's the thing that he wants, but he allows it. He did help us in the trap, you know. It's like the apostle Paul wanted to go over to a certain place to preach, you know, and 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 um, and they went and nothing happened, you know. Um, and he, you know, you know. So we, so so it's not always. He felt that there was a great work that he was going over there to do, but nothing, nothing visibly great happened. Bar probably one person that was saved. Uh, that that might have been um, what's what's her name again. Um, um, What's her name? Lydia. Lydia, yes. The Church of the Philippines was opened up. Yes. It wasn't a man that he saw in his vision. It turned out to be a woman. Yeah. The point is, I think, we do not know the leading of the Spirit. We can't be presumptuous. That's what the message of Scripture is. Be careful. Don't put patterns and equations to God. Absolutely. Don't think you understand the Bible because you read it. That doesn't mean God is trapped in it. No. So even in the Church of God of Prophecy, I have to admit, mistakes were made. Yeah. We know, and Pastor, you know from history and polity that the New Testament church split came. One of the reasons why it came was because A.J. Tomlinson had set up a group of 12 men who were acting like the apostles, and, and they, they went, the authority got to their heads. Andre doesn't look, doesn't look too pleased with that. The authority got to their heads, and he asked them to repent. Two of them repented. But 12 of them didn't, the 12, uh, 10 of them didn't, and they left and became the New Testament church. This is what happens when scripture is set aside or when you start putting patterns into place that don't exist for our time. They're yeah. foundational. You can't build any other foundation. Absolutely. And some people might ask, you know, well, why didn't God? Yes, sometimes we want God to intervene um, in a decisive way every time. But sometimes... Um, he doesn't need to because he's already he's already um, acted, but we just have not listened. Because um, if I'm if I show you that we made an error, and I can go go back in scripture and show you we made an error, you know, you then the scripture is sufficient for us to take our new direction from. You know, so um, so 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 God might well be telling um, telling them, you know, you we have made an error, but because it was advantageous for them. They continued going down that 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 road, you know, um, and, and neglected correction, you know, and that I think that's another, you know. So what I'm saying basically in a in 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 a, in a long wind is, I I believe that um, the um, the casting of Lot was premature and probably, um, you know, um, that Matthias probably I'm suggesting I'm just throwing it in as a as a thought. Probably he was not that replacement that God wanted, you know. Um, I'm going to have to add something in here. Yeah. Um, okay. So I was shaking my head earlier. Uh, I want to just address why I was shaking my head. <clears throat> um, so I'm going to share my screen again. But um, basically, I wanted to go into um, 3 John, the, the third epistle of, uh, of John. Um, so I want to look at 3 John 9. Um, so my dad was saying um, that the apostles don't want to acknowledge that they're called apostles. They don't need to have like these titles and stuff. I would disagree with that. And the reason I disagree with that is first three John nine. If you read it in Greek, he says the, the priest to Gaius, right? So he's calling, if, if you read it in Greek, he actually says the presbyter to Gaius, right? So that's first of all, that's a title he's saying I am the presbyter to Gaius, right? Um, then when you go to three John nine, if you read this in other translations, so I've got the, the major um, Protestant ones here. So I've got KJV. Uh, it says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrophenes, who loveth, have who loveth to have preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Okay. I, I struggle with the, the old English. But um, then if you look at the revised Geneva uh, um, copy, so, you know, another very standard Protestant one, it says that, but Diotrophenes, who um, loves to have preeminence among them, will not receive us. And if you also read the Wycliffe Bible, it also says, receiveth us not. But if you read the Greek, that's not what it says. 
it actually says, I have written something to the church, but Diotrophenes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge my authority. John is saying, I am, I have the authority. And if you read it in the Greek, it says, epidikete hemas. That's really bad pronunciation. Now, if you use the um, Strong's lexicon, Strong's himself, like you, you have to understand that Strong's not an infallible person. So when he puts together his lexicon, his bias is already in how he's translating the words, right? So you can't say, oh, Strong's lexicon is like this infallible inspired lexicon. It's not, okay? Epidike hemas. It actually, if you look a little bit further, it says welcoming with its effects, okay? What's the effects of uh, being an apostle? <laughs> The authority, that's the effect of it, right? So when it says receiveth us not, he's saying that Diotrophenes has the power to excommunicate people and he has the power to do things that deacons can't do. But because he's running amok and doing what he wants and he has the authority to do that, John has to go in there and he has to basically say to everyone, I have the authority, I'm going to tell this guy off, I'm going to excommunicate him, which means... Yes, there is a hierarchy. There is actually an episcopate that can uh, enforce normative authority within the church. That's what I would say. Yeah, uh, and I think um, I think I wouldn't disagree with that. With the, with the with with just a caveat that there is a time to exert authority and to make. It's a little bit like the Pharaoh. Pharaoh says to Joseph, "No, the only time that I will be greater than you." is when I'm sat on the throne. So, you know, um, so we, we, we can work with people and we can do things with people, but there's a certain point in time when a decision has to be made or um, a particular direction has to go to, and that might be the time when you say, okay, as the, as the apostle of the Lord, this is, it seems good to God and to us to go down this world, you know. So, so, so I don't think I think they. I don't think they. A person. I don't think they would be going around um, blase. I am the apostle. I'm the apostle, kind of thing. But when the time come, especially in the situation like the one you're describing there, you know, when they're being challenged, I said, "Well, look, okay, we're being challenged. Our apostleship is being challenged. Our authority is being challenged." Let me say, let me tell you who we are. We are, we are, <laughs> we, we are, the, let, let me just use a very con opera. We are the top of the food chain here, you know, and, um, and this guy who is refusing us, he's refusing the apostles of the Lord. Our authority has been undermined. And I would, I would say one other thing, um, Andre, which I am, which, which I am always, um, I always love to do. And I love to do it because I believe that if I didn't have um, the Greek lexicon or the Greek um, or the knowledge of Greek, that I think even in the English language itself, with careful reading and understanding of what's going on and what's been said, we are still able to decipher the very thing that you're saying there. No, no, Angan, I know you're shaking your head, but, but, but we, we are. So, so, so what? If you read it again for me, in, read it for me again in the in the King James version that 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 it says there. Yeah, sure thing. So it says um, in the King James, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrophenes, who loveth to have preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Okay. So 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 what does it mean to re when you do not Jesus? The Jews did not receive Jesus. What did they not receive? Is authority. The question is, by what authority are you doing what you're doing? We don't recognize you. So I'm saying, I'm saying that the, the English language actually tells us that if we, if, we, if we look at the English language, if you don't, if you don't receive me, that means you don't have no respect for my authority. It's my, if you don't receive me, it's my authority you don't respect. You, know? you don't respect who I am, basically. You know? So if you turn me away, you have turned you don't, you say, I don't have any, any right, any authority to speak to you, you know, so you're turning me away. So, so Jesus said, if you, whosoever receive, receive, if you receive, if you receive them that sent me, receive me, that's the authority. My authority is Jesus Christ, you know, and um, our whole authority is Jesus Christ, you know, and, um, 
And if you, if you refuse us, if you turn us away, you'll refuse our authority, you'll refuse Jesus Christ. You know, so, so I say if we, you know, um, and it's not just subtle, it's really, if we really look at what is being said and we strip it back, well, if you refuse me, you don't respect my authority. Yeah, and it's my authority. You say, well, who are you? You're refusing me. You know, so that's what I'm saying. But, the, but you're right. The, the, Greek, the Greek or the Hebrew, um, I guess, might be like a bullet, whereas mm. you got, you got, you know, it's like, you, it's like, it's clearer, you know, mm. but what, what I'm suggesting is that. N80, DPI. Yeah. Yeah. The old, uh, yeah, it's still, yeah, it's still it's still there, and and we have we 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 cannot miss it as well. I, we, I would disagree with that only because if it was that strong, you wouldn't have, I don't know, thirty thousand churches. Um, no, 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 but but we have thirty thousand churches, not because it's not strong, because we have people, we have everybody want to be lord, 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 lord over something. It's right. nothing to do with the word. It's the it's people. people right, the but people. that's but that's what I'm saying. I can say to someone in one of but, these thirty thousand who sent you, and they but, wouldn't have a clue. Yeah, but 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 what, what I'm what I'm saying, even if even if everybody who is a Christian was able to read the Greek, they still wouldn't make those things because it comes down to, it comes down to people um, accepting, yielding to things. Right, but then also the, the people that are around them, the church that they're in, the tradition that they're in is gonna color the way that they view scripture. There is yeah. no such thing as, uh, as I said last time, there's no such thing as an objective reading of scripture unless you're like in actual union with God, right? Um, and that's why, I mean, if it was so easy to read, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I mean, if it was that objective, there wouldn't be a yeah, need no, for us to no. go, okay, this guy's not apostle, this yeah. guy is an apostle, right? No, no, no. But I'm not saying it's easy to read because, listen, you know, um, if I've always said, if all it was was being able to read, the the Jews, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sanhedrin, those learned people, if all it was was reading, that means they can't read, but they but, were good readers. But that, that's yeah. different because they were adding in traditions, right? So we're talking about the Talmud, the Mishnah, all these things, right? But, but, this but, is not part of their yeah. no, traditions no, what, that were there, you know? What, what I'm saying is, um, if, if let's say, for example, um, Jesus is coming. Mm -hmm. Moses said, there's a prophet coming after me, um, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. When he comes, you should listen to him, you know, and he's going to be like me. Yeah. He's, 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 Jesus said, I have done miracles. Which one of these miracles are you condemning me for? You know, so, so, so um, Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, look, we know that there is something about you that you are with God and that God is with you, you know, because no man can do the things that you do except God be with him. You know, and um, but yet they saw all those things, but only Nicodemus and a few others believed him. You know, the others rejected him. You know, willful mm -hmm. rejection. So what I'm actually saying, um, 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 Andre, is that even though we have truth and we can see truth and it convinces us, and so that when we're killing Stephen, we have to, because, because what he's saying is so cutting, we have to, we have to close, close down so that we don't hear it. We have to pretend as if we don't hear it. The same thing is true. People know truth, they, but the Bible says, but men prefer darkness rather than light. It's not that mm -hmm. they don't see the light, but they prefer darkness rather than light. Why? Because somehow it's in their um, short-sighted interest to have those things that they have, you know, it's just like why are there so many churches? Well, everybody want to, everybody want to be, want to be the prophet. Everybody want to be the priest. Everybody, everybody want to be in charge. Everybody wants to be lord over God's heritage. And people, and then they don't, this was the beautiful thing about it. The apostle Paul, he was a servant, you know. And a lot of people today, they're not servant. They want position. They want status, you know. And I think that's what drives 
a lot of the 21st century church is on leadership, its power, its prestige, its position, its places of influence, you know, and um, and so it's, you know, it's not that they don't, I don't think it's that, you see all these guys who are naming and claiming, and these guys who are prosperity gospel, you tell me, you think they don't know what they're doing? You think that they have the same scriptures that you and I have, but they twist it because it's in their advantage, their, their short-term advantage to do it, because there is there is a living in it, there's wealth in it, there's popularity, there's power in it. And Jesus say, Yeah, yeah, they have their reward. Okay. Um, I, I'm not saying this to be mean, um, but I that that answer for me is not satisfactory because if if it was as you're saying. I mean, if you read uh, first, uh, was it First Corinthians one ten to seventeen? He says, "Let there be no divisions amongst you, that you're perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment." If you say that there's divisions that occurred, that means that Christ lied. That there's now fifteen churches that are all, or however many churches that are split up, and the gates of Hades have prevailed. So, to me, there has to be um, something. Where you can say look there's a lineage because otherwise how are we part of the family of abraham how how are we part of those who came from moses and the 70 and then jesus and the 70 i know it says 72 but i believe it's the 70 um how are we part of that you know i mean if if you're just um some guy who's had an experience who we can't even verify that experience because devils can come as uh, angels how, we don't have any way of verifying his experience. How can we just say, okay, you make a new church. You seem like you've got, you know what you're doing. You, you're being a good person. So, you know, what? I'll join your church. That to me is not a good way to look at church uh, polity because that's not the way it's been done. I mean, we have in the first century Montanism. So Montanus was a person who, I mean, he came, he, he called himself a prophet. He had two female prophets with him supposedly. And um, the, the people from like Eusebius was talking about him and this is like a uh, AD uh, 325 around this time of one, one some, something like that. And he was saying that, um, you know, they began to babble and utter strange things, prophesying in a manner con contrary to the custom of the church handed down by tradition from the beginning. Um, so, I mean, even in the beginning, we can see that there's divisions going on. Um, and to say that, like, oh, well, you know, if they're just acting good and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I think you have to have more of a who sent you. And if it yeah. comes from someone, you know, then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no, 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 I'm, I'm not I'm not saying anything like that. I mean, I agree with all of that, you know, you know, but, but what, I, what I am saying is. Um, is. Right up until Christ comes. Going. If we follow what the Apostle Paul said, he said, look, um, some preach Christ for gain, some preach him for contention, some preach him for whatever reason. But then the Apostle Paul says, you know what? I don't like it. I don't like the one. I don't like the ones who are preaching Christ for gain. I don't like the one who are preaching him for contention. He said, but you know what? Nevertheless. Christ is preached. So basically, this is where the, the supremacy of God and the spirit comes. That even though I am preaching Christ for my own contention, out of that and for my own greed, even in that arena, somebody's going to receive God. Somebody's going to come. But, to but you, you might not be preaching the right Christ. Because, I mean, uh, Paul says, <laughs> if anybody preaches a, yeah. a gospel other than the one we've given you, True. then so, reject them. Yeah. So, so here is the, here's the thing. And this is why Apostle Paul said, I need to take care of myself with less wealth preaching to others. I myself become a castaway because you can preach to somebody. They can be saved. They can come to Christ. But you, your message is not genuine. Your heart, your spirit is not genuine. And you can be a castaway. So I love what the Apostle Paul said. Yeah, people preach Christ for a mixed bag of reason. But he somehow find it so to say, I don't like all that confusion. But here's the one thing. Christ is preached somewhere in that mid. Somebody, the Holy Spirit will meet somebody, even when an homosexual man comes and preach Christ. 
Mm, I would say no, no, no. I would no, say no, that's no, the democratization no, 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 of let the let office. Me, let, me, you know? let me finish. Yeah, yeah, let me finish. You know, um, a, a wicked man can preach Christ, and the, and somebody in that congregation can be saved because it's because the the, 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 the there's a spirit and the word of God transcends the preacher. I'm not saying the preacher. The preacher is not honorable. The preacher will get his reward from God, but God is work. God works beyond me. Yeah, mm. and th th that's the point I'm making. I mean, going back to what we were talking about, synergy and monergy, how we were saying that you know when when you work with God, you're participating in something. That's the only way that you can really preach truly. Mm -hmm. How can an evil man participate in God? I mean, to me, that doesn't make sense. And yeah. also, it's like. Yeah. You're, it's basically like saying the the power comes from the bottom up rather than the top down. The 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 Christian, I mean, the the traditional perspective yeah. is that the power comes from the top down, like a monarchy. Yeah, you know. But what, but, so so what we're saying, you know, um, Andre, is that um, there's a lot of bad, there's a lot of evil people who preaches the gospel. You know, they 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 live one life in secret. They come and they preach, they, they preach the word of God, and people are convicted and people are saved. But that does not that, that does not make that does not justify the person, nor does that save the person who is preaching. You know, he, he, this is the story that Jesus said, many are gonna come in the last day and say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not do this in your name? So it's not about it's not about it's not about the the um, the goodness of the messenger. It's the message. Hmm. Would those people who preached, um, you know, you know, did their preaching and said, you know, Lord, Lord, we preach in your name, are they a part of the family of God? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know what they are, but I know that the word that come out of their mouth in in in, in and the spirit of God is is able to 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 engage that word with the person receiving that word. But the people preaching it, I'm not celebrating them. They're not to be celebrated. They, you know, they, they, they've got their reward, but God will not allow me and my iniquity prevent somebody else from being saved when the word of God is preached. The Holy Spirit, remember the Holy Spirit is the one who's doing the conviction. I agree with that um, partially. Um, I just, I do think that, when it comes to preaching and stuff like that, if, I mean, God, God can use anybody to preach. That's not in um, contention. Judas. Yeah, Judas exactly. went out with one of the other disciples, Apostle Judas. Yeah. No. You know that Jesus called Judas an apostle. Yeah, I know that. And so also, he was very much part of the apostleship authority. Yeah. So yes, can an apostle, if Judas an apostle and a bishop, in the church, if you like, at that time, could allow himself to deny Jesus, betray him, and end up in hell. Mm -hmm. yes. All apostles have free will. We're not denying that apostles don't have free will. Every single person who's a bishop, a presbyter, or a deacon, whatever, they all have free will. And yet again, this is going back to the idea of the mystery of iniquity. How is it that somebody can be in participation with God and still do bad things? We don't know. I agree with that. Um, what I'm saying is that when you, when, cause you know, Paul says to Timothy, be, uh, do not put your hands on people hastily, which means that when you uh, appoint someone to an office, mm -hmm. there's check, there's checks and balances that the church has on how we do this. We do this slowly. We do this in a conciliar fashion. We, we're, we're talking with each other, three people ordain it. And this goes back, not just to, you know, like, it's not a Catholic thing to get three people together and to put their hands on them and say, this person's a bishop or whatever. That goes back to Moses. That's, it's actually, as I said earlier, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, that's numbers, right? That goes back to Moses. And that actually, if you read like um, a lot of the extra biblical stuff from the Old Testament, they actually say that rabbis were appointed by laying of hands, but it stopped at 70 AD, which is the time that Jesus says that the temple was destroyed. So that shows that that has they're no longer the lineage. We are the lineage because we have that lineage from Moses. And what I'm saying is because it says do not lay your hands on people hastily. That means that you can't just say to somebody, you know, somebody wants to preach. Yeah, that's great. But like 
theology is about praxis it's about practicality are you can you really live this life you know so yeah. that's that's what i would say yeah yeah and, and and i don't think i definitely would not be disagreeing with you with that you know um but there are some wolves um who do preach and the power of the gospel to salvation will not be limited by the wolves you know god will transcend and he will do what he will do you know um so um so yeah um i'm not disagreeing with that at all that um that that and we do do some damage as well when we choose the wrong people you know um they do great damage you know and um and and they, they become and they become they, be, they can become also an hindrance to the to the to the great work that should be done and to other people's lives you know um they can cause people to go astray as well you know so 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 we we make a big mistake just laying hands on people suddenly without testing them without proving them you know um people need to be tested and proven you know and i think the apostle paul was sure that he proved the he proved timothy you know he you know before he um he entrust him and and uh, you know made him into a bishop to do the work that he did he proved them you know but we're too hasty you know um I'm, I will say we're too hasty to make people into particular leadership and in influential leadership and bishops and pastors and deacons. You know, I, I, I would concede that I've seen that in my time that we're hasty in doing those things, you know, and it's not it. Today, it seems good. In the long run, you will see the fruit sometime, which is um, quite devastating. He was not, he was an apostle and he was more than an apostle. He was a king and he was more than a king. He was a God. Uh oh, I know I'm missing y'all. Y'all missed that. It's in the Bible. God told Moses, he says, I want you to get up and go confront Pharaoh. See then that I have made you a God to Pharaoh. God made Moses a God. Moses began to operate in a God realm. You, when he was doing all that stuff, those miracles, that's not normal. Go to a prophet and see, can they do that stuff? The prophetic ministry can't even handle that kind of power. You understand? That's the God power. When you split seas, when you turn water into blood, come on, y'all not talking to me. That's called the God realm. When you can call fire from heaven, that's Godship. And we only think of God as a type, uh, as a person. God is not a person. God is a title. Satan is also a God. He was a son of what? God. So he's a little God. Moses was a little God. Are y'all getting this here? He says, is it not written in your Bible that you are called little gods? The Bible in the New Testament uses the, the, the term God as a title, not as a person. When we say God, we only refer to a person, but you got to become more wiser and mature than that in reading the Bible. You've got to know that there's a realm just like there's an office of an apostle, office of a king, office of a prophet, office of a pastor, office of an evangelist or a teacher. There's an office called God. And in that realm, it's different powers, just like a prophet has certain powers, an apostle has certain powers, a pastor has certain powers that the apostle don't, and the apostle don't have powers that the pastor don't, or the prophets, vice versa. Do you understand? When you move into that God realm, then you have powers unspeakable. You have the powers of a God and not of a prophet. Prophet. So I guess to recap, there are no foundational apostles in the 21st century like some like to portray themselves to be but in terms of the functionality I think there is probably room to say that there are certain roles that dictate that but with regards to the apostles who say they are actually apostles today I think we can safely say that they are not the ones sent by God and there's numerous other questions and conundrums and things you put to them um, with regards to their validity like if they are apostles why are they not going to places that really need the gospel in say like uh, the Middle East and places like that rather than just residing in 
their hometowns or you know places that are already developed and have the gospel ready and why is it that they um, feel the need to accumulate wealth and things like that there's all the sorts of other questions you can you can put forward so um, but I hope this has been insightful because it is a bit open-ended and it's something that certainly does need clearing up with those who are calling themselves apostles um, we shouldn't you certainly shouldn't shut ourselves out because I guess merely by the church sending somebody out to do something they would loosely fit the the criteria or at least be able to hold the title of the apostle loosely because essentially that's all it means to be sent but we should hold in serious regard these people who claim to have authority that is bestowed on them from God um, obviously there have been a few varied um, approaches to the subject but it should hopefully be enough to garner a finer more definitive view on the subject so I thank you for journeying through on this conversation with us and I hope you can join us for the next one which is to do with the social gospel and what that means what are the worldviews and the things that are packed inside it but also the things that we can do to tackle it and also I partially look forward to but also don't look forward to our Be More Brain session with Jordan Ferguson which is something we had left off a while ago but we're going to pick up and do live on this one so until the next one take care and god bless guys <laughs>